Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right. Uh, good afternoon. We welcome you here to the Gospel for Life, and we welcome our brother Jonathan back. Um, how are you doing today? I've been I've been very good. Uh, actually, the Lord's been good, and, and I'm not feeling the ill effects yet. Well, hopefully, our listeners will keep on praying for him. He, if, you, if you don't know, Pastor Jonathan has recently been diagnosed with colon cancer, so he's undergoing chemo and radiation. And fortunately, he's been feeling good enough to come into the radio uh, studio with us today. So we're glad he's back. Um, we have been answering questions from our listeners. If you would like to submit a question, if you just email us at info at reformationboise.com, we'd love to answer that on air. So here is the question for today. What does true biblical discipline look like, and why is it, often, why is it so often neglected or done poorly? Hmm. Uh, let, me, let me jump in and, and say that uh, my first – answer to what does biblical discipline look like? Well, it looks like Matthew 18. Uh, Jesus gave us some pretty clear instruction for uh, helping one another deal with sin in our lives. And uh, Jesus, uh, among all of his other blessings and and graces, he's he's so realistic. And uh, I just, I I love that about him. Uh, He knows we're going to sin and he knows we're going to need to help each other with that and he says in Matthew 18, if your brother sins against you, go to him one-on-one and talk to him about it. And if he acknowledges his sin and, and he uh, repents of it and confesses, then uh, as, as Jesus says, if he listens to you, I'm in Matthew eighteen fifteen. if he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Then there's, that's, that's step one. And if, if he listens to you, and that implies you know, repentance and acknowledgement of, of sin, of wrongdoing, then, uh, then, then you're done. Uh, then Jesus goes on. Step two, if, you, if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. Okay? Go, go. It's not one-on-one anymore. Now it's, you've got a couple more. And most churches that practice biblical discipline will do this with elders, uh, the pastor along with elders. And uh, then the, the final step, uh, if 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 he doesn't respond to two or three witnesses, then verse seventeen. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And so there's a there's a step by step procedure. So what what does biblical discipline look like? It for the first thing I would say is it looks like Matthew eighteen, and I think it has to look like love. Amen. Um, so the, the whole goal of church discipline, any type of, of reproof within the body, is restoration. That's right. So what we want is to see somebody that is living in sin or has become hardened by sin to be 
to come to a place of repentance and restoration. So I think there's some sense of uh, thought process where it's almost um, about justice, about um, retribution. It's not about retribution. It's about restoration and repentance and, re- and bringing that which is wayward back home. And I think that uh, there's a couple distinctions that need to be made. There's there's informal discipline and formal discipline. And an informal discipline is what we do as brothers and sisters in Christ, where we encourage one another, where we admonish one another, where we, you know, if um, you know, we we're we're constantly asking how things are with somebody. We're being accountable to one another. There's a certain informal discipline that takes place. Every time God's word is spoken, and what I would say is that's really discipleship. Yeah, um, we're talking. You know, one side of discipline is discipleship. How can we grow to be more and more like Christ? What you know, uh, what what are those imperatives that will show us what God's will is for our lives? So there's a constant informal discipline that takes place within the body of Christ, both from the preached word, but also from one another. And then there's the the formal discipline. And, 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 and even then, uh, it might begin with an individual. So, you know, if, you know, like Galatians 6, 1 says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, keeping watch on yourself, lest you also be tempted. And so uh, I, I'm aware of something that's going on in an individual's life. I will speak to him or her about that sort of thing. I do it privately. I do it as an individual, a person of concern. And it actually starts in an informal way. Right. The resistance and saying, you know, if that sinner says, talk to the hand and, you know, go, uh, you, you do your thing, I'll do mine. And that, that's when it steps up a little bit. That's when you will bring another brother back, like my Matthew 18 uh, speaks about. And then you, you, as you, together you do that and you have a witness with you as you're confronting that person. And then ultimately, if they've reject those, then, when you do tell it to the church, it's not like you're announcing it to a whole body. You should bring, you bring in the elders at that point because really um, most of us, if we're caught in a sin, we would like to, we would like to keep that account between God and the person that caught us. Yeah, yeah. And, and if we deal that with it, everything's fine. You've won your brother. Right. Yeah. You've restored him. Yeah. In Hebrews 12, it gives us that uh, verse – where it says in, in Hebrews twelve six, for the Lord disciplines the one that he loves. Right. And so right from the very beginning, we have to understand that the discipline is a blessing. And the reason why is because discipline, what that word means is it means to be trained um, in, in the bigger circle, in the formative way that the word discipline. And then in the, in the smaller circle, it means to correct. And so discipline is both training and correction. And and the reason why, you know, Phil, you, you read from Matthew 18, the reason why – those steps have to be taken is because self-discipline is broken down. Right. A person has has failed to discipline themselves, and it's leaked out on other people in, in the forms of of sin. And that's and so it, the question that we got from our listener is why is discipline done? Uh, is it often neglected or done so poorly? And I think the answer to that is because we fail to see that discipline is a form of love. 
um, whether we neglect it because we fail to see that disciplining this person is a loving thing to do or we abuse discipline and we fail to see what the end of discipline is, which is to restore the person back to the back yeah. to relationship. Yeah. And we, we also have ideas uh, based on uh, – from we, 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 we've absorbed a lot of ideas from our culture about individualism and uh, private, what I would call privatism, that what I do, you know, our, our, the secular world teaches us over and over and over again a lie – that what I do on my own, that what I do in private is my business and nobody else's. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible knows nothing of that ethic. In fact, the Bible completely rejects that ethic. Uh, That that we are are a body. Um, We are connected together in the body of Christ. And when one suffers, all suffer. Um, And when, when, when one sins and strays, all of us are affected. Mm-hmm. And this is a spiritual truth, whether we whether we acknowledge it or not. And I think that's why part of the question was why is discipline neglected? And I think that's why, because in in very often in our churches we've settled in to very secular ideas about privacy and individualism. I think sometimes the church broadly doesn't know that there is. Um, work being done behind the scenes by the elders. Right. So sometimes the church might have the impression, well, they don't practice church discipline. But the church is, but it's only deep in the process that you bring it before the church. And so I can say from our own church that every month we as elders go through the entire role of our church to to assess where people are um, spiritually and and address any concerns that we might have that we as elders need to follow up with those individual people with. Um, But that's not something that we'll publish in the the minutes to the public like, oh, we, you know, Fred and Bob and and Sally, we we talk to all of them about concerns that we have in their life. That's a private matter at that point. So there is – Discipline happening, if you will, um, loving concern, care, rebuke, um, correction, um, but it's just out of the public eye. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's probably more of it happening than the, the average person in the pew would, would know. In your church? In my church, and I'm hoping that that's true in, in, in more churches. But I, I do fear that maybe part of the reason why discipline might not happen in churches is A, People look at it and say, well, it'd be hypocritical for me to call somebody out on behavior because I'm not perfect. Right. Well, it, you're not calling them out because of your moral position. You're calling people out, if you will, if you want to use that phraseology, because of the moral positions of the Bible, mm-hmm. the standard yeah. that God has placed and that God has put people in, in each other's lives to help bring people more in line with what Scripture has said. I think I'd like to talk about this on, on a future broadcast, but I think there is a, a very intimate connection between church discipline and church membership. And I think because church membership has waned, at least in popular church culture, you, you see this immediate connection to church discipline waning as well, or waxing. I, yeah. I, I'm probably using the word wrong, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, diminishing, I'll just say that, <laughs> diminishing. No, I, no I, I think you're right. And and. 
it's it's also connected to the consumer attitude that um, some some believers and that the modern church sometimes plays to uh, that I'm I'm going to church to get what I need. I'm there as a consumer. I, I go in. I I absorb this spiritual product, and then I go out. And you have uh, the church has no business prying into my life because I'm there to to consume. And, and we 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 recognize that's at least around this circle. <laughs> we recognize that's not a biblical attitude about the church. That's not what the church is about. And I think you're you're right on, uh, Jonathan. It's about membership. I think um, if it's not about just membership, uh, it's the whole idea of a community. Um, we've talked about this before. I, I I think the next show is supposed to be on narcissism, and I think it's connected to what we're talking about next or here. But this this lack of community that we're actually and that whole idea of fellowship is that we're we're involved in each other's lives, and part of the reason why we we are involved in each other's lives is so that we can speak into each other's lives. That we're supposed to be using the word of God to to interact with one another, and so what happens is we've interacted with one another on on a. a, a primarily a superficial way, and we're not talking about the true essence of what connects us as as brothers and sisters in Christ, which is um, our relationship to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and how his word influences how we think and live and behave. And so what we've done is we've kind of set aside the spiritual aspect core of our, of our belief system and instead said, I want to hear the sermon and I'm going to interact with people on really, in essence, a worldly way. Mm-hmm. which doesn't allow for really truly addressing the needs and concerns and issues within our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, maybe one good resource if you're interested in, in reading, uh, there's a book by Jay Adams. Uh, and the title is called uh, Church Discipline, the Right and Privilege of Every – or the Privilege of Every Church Member. I think it's a really good book. pretty short book, but very helpful in dealing with uh, – Matthew 18. Anyway, uh, this has been the Gospel for Life. We're, we're thankful that you are one of our listeners. If you'd like to promote this great form of entertainment, you can just tell your friends to subscribe to it at the Gospel for Life. Just use their um, podcast app. We would love to spread the wealth. So we will talk to you later. Bye.